0: Well, welcome to another Mosaic Digital Worship Service. It's so great to be with you. My name is John McHale, and I serve as a pastor here at Mosaic Church, and it's a joy to continue in our series of Advent. Uh, Advent is a season where the church is remembering and reflecting on the reality of a world waiting for a savior. It's a time of expectancy, a time of waiting, a time of longing. And we really, as a church community, want to lean into this season and learn what does it mean to wait for the return of Jesus. And really, it's a recognition of our place in God's story, that we are a people in between. Some language that we like to use is the already not yet. Christ has come and established his kingdom in power and has built the gospel around the cross and the resurrection. And yet... There is still something left unresolved. And he is coming to wipe away every tear and make all things new. And we live in this in-between. And that marks our experience as Christians. And we want to, this season, especially in light of the year we've had, we want to lean into Advent. And to feel the weight and the pain and the loss of this year. Because this year's been hard. This year has been dark. We've seen some really scary things. We've been exposed to more disease, more racism, more loss than many of us have ever experienced. And it's an opportunity for us as God's people to learn what does it look like to be a people-in-waiting? What does it look like to be honest about reality, about the darkness and the pain of this world, and wait and long for the hope of the return of Jesus? And our passage today is going to help us. It's going to really give us some practical things. When we talk about being a people of waiting, it's going to help us understand what do we actually mean. And we're going to meet two groups in our passage this morning, the Magi and the people of Israel, and that both of them are invited to wait. And we're going to see what their stories help us understand about what it means to wait, And so our passage is Matthew 2, verses 1 to 11. And so if you want to flip there and read with us, I think it's going to be on the screen, but let's look to Matthew 2, verses 1 to 11, and we'll uh, begin this, mo- this morning. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has born, been born king of the Jews? For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And skipping to verse 11. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Let's pray and ask God for help as we look to his word. Father, we pause. And um, thank you for the opportunity uh, to do this. Digitally, Uh, we don't want to lose sight of the gift that you have given us in technology. And we invite you, wherever we are, uh, however we're listening to this, we invite you to meet with us. As we look to your word, would you teach us? Would you guide us? We ask that you would fill our hearts freshly with your presence by the person and work of your spirit and soften us to be molded and shaped by your word, to be challenged and encouraged. We love you and we trust you and we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So, I wanna talk a little bit about superheroes. How many of you like superhero movies? Just raise your hand wherever you are. Um, Think about your superheroes that you like. Maybe Batman, Spider-Man, Elsa. She counts, she's a queen with superpowers. She counts at least in my house. But we are a culture obsessed with superhero movies. And it's actually quite unbelievable. And if you thought it was slowing down, you are mistaken. Because in 2021 and 22, we're going to see a new boom of the superhero movies. There's going to be a new Batman, a new Spider-Man, a Spider-Woman. There's going to be a, a new Thor, a Black Panther 2, an Aquaman 2, a new... All, all these... The list goes on and on and on. And don't get me wrong, I love a good superhero movie, but many have criticized this industry boom of the superhero uh, phenomenon. And many have said that it's ruining the movie-making business, the art of making movies. One writer from the New York Times talking about the superhero movie boom, he said that these movies are mental popcorn and nothing more than a reflection of an exaggerated cult of self. Now, that that might be true, but I've often wondered, in addition to some of these things that are happening culturally, I wonder if this phenomenon is speaking also to a spiritual reality. I wonder if this obsession we have with superheroes is tapping into this reality of a world waiting for a savior, that there is a longing in our hearts for a hero. And if the Christian story is about anything, it's about a hero, the hero of heroes, who is Christ the Lord. And our passage this morning is going to be like a window into this waiting for a Savior. And we're going to see two groups, the Magi and the people of Israel, and they're both waiting for a Savior. And we're going to learn something from both of these groups. And what we learn is that waiting involves longing and promise. Longing, that tension of the not yet. Embracing the tension that something is still unresolved. And promise, the promise of God that Christ will return. And so when we talk about being a people of waiting, it involves embracing the tension of longing and clinging tightly to the promises of God. Let's look to the first uh, point, longing. These men from the east, they come uh, asking, where is the one king of the Jews to be born? We have seen his star and we want to worship him. Now, there's we can't get too specific on uh, the, the identity of the Magi, but we know the term. And the term refers to a group of people that were oftentimes involved in dream interpretation. Astrology is what we see in the passage and other occult kind of practices. They were, in a sense, pagan priests who often advised foreign rulers. And we don't know exactly where this group is coming from, but it's probable that they came from Persia or Babylon. And what's remarkable about this story is that God is using a pagan symbol to draw foreigners to Christ. It's astonishing. Because God does not approve astrology. He actually disproves of it. And yet, in this story, he's using a star to draw people to Jesus. And what this means is, the significance of this reality, it shows us a few things. One is God's heart for the nations. And we see a foreshadow of the scope of Jesus' ministry is more than just the nation of Israel. It's for all people. And Jesus is going to, his message is for all to come and enjoy the grace and mercy of God in the cross. But I think it also demonstrates a world waiting for a savior. It demonstrates that there are people searching and seeking out truth and hoping and longing for something more. For someone to come and help rescue them from their existence. And I often wonder if these superhero movies are tapping into that phenomenon. That when we go and watch a superhero movie, we're looking and searching and yearning for a hero. For someone that we can lift up and celebrate. For someone that can deliver us from our darkness, from our year of 2020. I just, I wonder... If there is something there. But we, as God's people, we believe that we found an answer to that longing. And that answer is a person who is Christ the Lord. And he is trustworthy and true. And we're learning how to embrace this tension of longing. Because we live in the in-between. We live in between Christ's first coming and his second coming. And what this means is that we are a people who recognize that our world is craving something. They are longing and craving for a hero. But we believe that we know who that hero is. We believe that that hero is Christ the Lord. And so we're giving ourselves to this tension of longing. Now, you might be listening to this, and you might have this feeling in you about Maybe a fear that you're fearful that you'll be let down. Maybe you've longed for something and hoped in something that people told you was trustworthy and true, but it let you down. Maybe it was your marriage. Maybe you, many people said marriage is the best. It's going to be the best thing that happened to you, but you got married and you're just let down. It's hard. Your spouse is not who you thought they were. And, and that's, that's woven into your heart. And there's a tendency in us, because we got trust issues, there's a tendency in us to not give ourselves to this tension of longing. Because we're, we're afraid that it's gonna let us down. We had an experience at our house. My son uh, was having ear infections, and the medicine wasn't working. And the doctors were like, hey, listen, when this happens, we put tubes in the eardrums, and it helps relieve some pressure, and you can actually put medicine right in the ear, and it will help. And one thing, so we scheduled the surgery, but one thing that, um, one thing that I, I saw in my own heart is I began to put all of my hope and all of my expectations in this surgery. And what happened was, he had the surgery, and he experienced some relief, and there was a, some of his temperament that came out, which was really exciting and enjoyable, but he was still a baby on the other end. He still cried. He still had poop in his diaper. And what I realized in hindsight was I was hoping that this surgery was going to turn my baby into perfection. That he was never going to have an issue for the rest of his days. And this surgery was going to solve all of it. And this is part of our story because we live in a broken world. We have story after story where we've hoped and longed for things and they've disappointed us. And this has been our year, has it not? It's been marked by disappointment. And we've hoped in a new year, an exciting year. We've hoped in things that we've been waiting for and longing for. And this year has not been realized in the way that we had hoped. And we're disappointed. And this is hard. And this is something that we want to recognize. And this is something that, if we're not careful, can guard us from really giving ourselves to this tension. But the reality is, is that all of our earthly hopes, all of the things on earth that we long for, which are good, they must live under the hope and longing for the return of Jesus. And when they do live under the return of Jesus and that hope, they actually find a place of healing. Because the, the return, the promise of the return of Christ is a trustworthy and true promise. We, we can trust in that promise. It's not like all the things we've hoped in that disappoint us. Because God is faithful. We know that. And we affirm that again today that God is faithful. And you know how we can know that is because we look at the first advent of Christ. And we see all of these promises that God had in the Old Testament are realized in the birth of Jesus Christ, in the person of Jesus. And that is a witness and a testimony that God is trustworthy and true. And we can give ourselves to this tension of longing because God is faithful. And we must recognize that we might be a little squeamish and skittish around giving ourselves to this tension because our story has been marked by great disappointment. But the invitation in Advent is to lean in. The invitation in Advent is to give our heart, mind, and soul to God and to lean in and sit in the tension. And it's, it's awkward. It's not fun. But we are a people in waiting. And we are a people that want to embrace the tension of longing, the tension of the not yet. But there's also a promise. Uh, we are a people of longing, but we are also a people of promise. And we see this in the story uh, of, in this story as the religious leaders turn to the Micah. Uh, Herod turns to the religious leaders for help. He doesn't know how to answer the Magi and their question. And the religious leaders come back and they give him an answer. And they quote the prophet Micah. And they say, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. They point back to a prophecy in the Old Testament. And they say the ruler, the king of the Jews, is to be born in Bethlehem, the city of David. And one of the things that we find in this passage is, is a prophecy of a ruler. There is a king. But one of the interesting things that we also find in this passage is the prophecy of a shepherd. We find a king, but also a king who is a shepherd. He's a shepherd king. And this, there's a part of me that's like, really? Like, it feels like it came out of left field. But in the Old Testament, the shepherd imagery was not foreign. It was understood as a part of God's character and God's nature. And it's, uh, the, the shepherd, it implies guidance. It implies pastoral care. It implies compassion. And so what we find is that this promise of a ruler is also the promise of a shepherd. And as I was thinking and studying this passage, I thought of King Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. Uh, I don't know if you've seen those movies or read the books, but King Aragorn was a a king. He had rights to the throne, but he oftentimes was taking the lowly seat. He was a mighty warrior. He He was victorious in battle time and time again. But he was also a lover. He was tender, and he was gentle, and he was kind. And this is our promise, the promise of a Savior who is a lover and a fighter. He is a mighty warrior and he is gentle and tender with our hearts. This is the Christ we worship and this is the Christ that we wait for in Advent. Jesus is the perfect balance of strength and compassion. And when we look at the gospel stories and the biographies of Jesus It's thrilling to see him balance these two. We see him confront and battle against hypocrisy and greed. And on the same page, we see him tenderly and gently ministering to the outcasts of society. He is the Lord, King of the Jews and King of the world. And he is a mighty warrior and he is a gentle, tender shepherd. And this is is someone worth waiting for. This is the kind of king that we can long for and hope in and love to expect. And so we're learning together to be a people in waiting. And Fleming Rutledge says that Advent is actually all the time for the Christian. And so we want to be formed by this season and take the formation into all of our Christian life and to recognize that we are a people that need to embrace the longing, the tension of being in the in-between, but also cling tightly to the promise of a king who is strong and mighty and tender and compassionate because he is a king worth waiting for. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this word. Press it into our hearts by the mercies and grace of Jesus. Amen.